Our Lakeshore campaign features content that some viewers may find uncomfortable, including gun violence, drug use, and sexuality. For more detailed information, including full content warnings and transcripts, check out the show notes or our website, therealmscast.com. Previously on Many Realms Lakeshore. After the showdown at Hardware, Roman calls on Jim Stevens to patch up Kitty's gunshot wound. Knox bails after Nat and Jackson see his demon form, while Susan and Joan send a shaken Liz home. Roman makes a midnight phone call to let Philip know that his wife is okay. Susan meets with Knox and they make an uneasy alliance, deciding that the threat of Rex Lemaire can't be dealt with alone. They resolve to track down Angela Whitcomb, whose name appears in the ARC notes. When Kitty comes to, she and Roman face a stilted reunion, but when Philip shows up, Kitty shocks everyone by announcing that she wants to stay with Roman for the time being. A distraught Philip leaves and Roman pockets the sunshine that Kitty took from Liz's room. Hey there, it's me, your boy Jordan, playing Knox the Tainted, you already know, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jory, I can't follow that, and it's good to be here. You have to say who you play. Hey, I'm Jory, I play Kitty the Oracle, and it's good to be here. Hey, I'm Eli, I play Roman the Fae, and it is good to be here. Hi, I'm Jillian, I play Susan the Hunter, it's good to be here! I'm Jesse, the world's first AI role player able to pass the Turing test. Welcome to Many Realms, humans. On a cool, overcast morning, the docks are quiet. A warehouse stands right at the edge of the water, windows blacked out, a huge reinforced sliding door at its front. A regular door next to it bears a plaque that simply reads Whitcomb. Next to the door is an intercom speaker and a single button. Susan, you've arrived at the meeting time at this warehouse, the address that you have. Knox, have you bailed or are you in or? What the fuck else do I have to do? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What's the vibe as as um, you two meet up? How familiar am I with the docks area? I would have to imagine you don't have much cause to come down here. Okay. Like, even when I was younger, though, I wasn't really in the docks area? When you're younger, sure. I'd say you probably, like, a good amount of crime and, like, uh, organized <laughs> crime specifically, like, criminal dealings happen in and around the docks. So you are, you've been here before, but maybe not in 10 years. Yep. Okay. Before we knock or anything, we should get our story straight. We need some kind of angle here so that this person is willing to talk to us, but maybe doesn't know exactly who we are, because I don't want to die today. So how much do you actually know about this, Angela? Do you know where she sits on the pecking order? Nope, no idea. Unless I can do face to a name. I was going to, yeah, I was thinking I was going to do something similar. I would allow face to a name. Okay. You've got a name. You want a face. Yeah. What faction am I rolling with? Power. It's an eight. Okay. Uh, Can you read the seven to nine? I know what most people know about them. Okay. Most people know that she is a scientist and inventor. Most people know that she primarily works for Rex Lemaire. 
most people know that she is pretty amoral, ruthless, interested in money and power and, you know, kind of works for the highest bidder, which happens to be Rex most of the time. Is she dangerous? Probably not immediately dangerous, but then again, she's a tricky one. Okay. The only thing we really have is, is the arc. That's the only thing that would be able to get her talking. Mm-hmm. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe she designed it. So perhaps she can help us in the leverage department. Okay. Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. Should we use fake names? Yeah. You can call me Delilah. Okay, I'll, I'll be Gregory. My associate Gregory. Let's do it. Is this the kind of door you knock on? All right, I kick the fucking... Oh, sorry. There's <laughs> a buzzer. There's a buzzer. <laughs> I kick the fucking buzzer. No, we just... We push the buzzer normally. Hello? Hello, I'd like to speak with one Angela Whitcomb, please. Uh, please identify yourself. My name is Delilah, and I have some information that would be of great importance to Ms. Whitcomb. Information regarding... A machine! That I believe she designed. You hear uh, the door in front of you click, and the voice says, Come in. Sweet. Okay, we go in. Okay, inside Angela Whitcomb's warehouse is a gigantic uh, workshop and laboratory. She has a lower level that has a bunch of uh, gear, tools scattered around, lots of like wide, like a hangar like space wide open, lots of like low tables with stuff that is being worked on. There are a couple of large scale fabrication machines like clamps and drills and, and grinders and things like that set up in one corner. There's like a raised part at the back that looks like maybe she has also like a sort of um, little apartment kind of sectioned off to herself when she wants to stay here. And there is a uh, lift built into uh, the corner going up to the little kind of apartment section and also where she does like other kind of research, like an office zone. You see and hear the lift whir and come to life. She descends down to the first floor. You see her. She is a woman in her mid-60s, very severe features, sharp angular chin, close cropped gray hair, kind of steely gray eyes, beige turtleneck uh, under a lab coat. And she's sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, and as the lift reaches the first floor, she rolls up to the two of you and she says, To what do I owe this pleasure? Hello, uh, again, Delilah, this is my associate Gregory, and we've heard some rumors about uh, a, machi- a missing machine uh, that I, I believe maybe belongs to you. Can you be more specific? I happen to work on uh, a variety of projects at any given time. Right, of course. Uh, I think it's A. A-R-Q-A-R-C, I'm not sure. You've seen the Ark? Perhaps. Well, you've seen uh, either the Ark itself or notes associated with it to know its designation. Yes. So why don't you start your story over from the beginning, Delilah? All right. Notes regarding your machine crossed my desk, and I've heard rumors that it's somewhere in the Fairside neighborhood, and I may know where it is. And you've come to tell me this? Yes, your name was on the notes. Well, um, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Delilah, but it's not my machine. Oh, then why was your name on it? I designed it, certainly, but it was a commission. It was bought and paid for, and uh, I don't really have any responsibility over it. Hmm. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have it back, but... uh, 
I'm not losing sleep at night. Right. Can I try and figure someone out? Yeah, this would be good. <clears throat> She's very, like, not giving you much. Yeah, I just want to read into that. Oof. Uh, I got mark, make sure you mark power also. For really oh, I got a nine. Okay, so on a seven to nine, or you hold two and they hold one on you. What does your character worry might happen? Angela is worried that... Honestly, I think she's worried that you two are going to try to, like, cause problems for her. Her her work with the Ark is, like, pretty uh, concluded as far as she's concerned. So she's she's suspicious of these kind of intruders who are digging up these, like, questions about old contracts kind of thing. How could I put your character in my debt? That's a great question. Do you... Do you want to talk to her about offering her something? Uh, someone like her, I'm assuming, needs all kinds of grunt work and various work done. That's definitely true. Here, so you you want information out of her. Yeah. Um, to start with, you need to specify what information you want so that she can tell you if she's going to tell you or not. Mm-hmm. And then also, you need to tell her, like, offer her whatever it's going to be to make it worth her while, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know who contracted her to do the art job. Um, she rolls over to the counter and picks up a pack of cigarettes and a book of matches. She lets a cigarette and she says, uh, smoke? Yeah. No, thanks. She hands you a cigarette, she says. Uh, well, uh, I suppose the NDA's probably expired by this point. Obviously, uh, Rex was the one who was looking to get that particular piece of technology built. Mm. No secret. You got a receipt for it? <laughs> Gosh, you have a look at your books. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Who came to pick it up? I'm assuming Rex doesn't dirty, dirty their hands with this. She taps the ash thoughtfully on the counter and regards you, and she says, Why is that a matter of your curiosity? I have to know. Gregory. Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I've run into a bit of trouble with Rex myself recently. Nothing that's too, too dicey, but I kind of want to settle the score, get everything nice, nice under the rug. And so if you could help me out, I would be I would be in your debt. You must not know Rex very well. Hoping Layman's not knowledge. to. <laughs> yeah, wise. Not what I would call the king of compromise. So what is it you want from me? I said I want to know who came and picked it up. And what is it you're offering? I mean, looking around, does she have a lot of workers? And it's like, what is the vibe of the place itself? Like, there's not uh, any other people here. Yeah. Um, she is clearly at work on a few projects. There is a machine in the corner near the lift that uh, looks like it's been um, busted up. Mm. That, like, parts of it have been, like, ripped out, and there's, like, fraying wires and stuff kind of spilling it over the floor. It looks like you could use a, a hand or two to, I don't know, keep things clean, tidy around here. Normally it takes care of itself, but uh, yeah, there's been a spot of dirt or two that have been hard to get rid of lately. Hmm. And what about outside of here? You ever have trouble acquiring parts, getting those hard to, hard to get materials? You, uh, you might have services in such an area? Yeah. And what about you, Miss Delilah? What's your skill set? Muscle. <laughs> Muscle, I like that. I could always use some more. Well, uh, listen, kids. You seem lovely. I don't mean to shut you down, but it's like this. 
I'm not going to do anything that gets Rex's attention on me. I'm not that stupid. You don't live this long to uh, make some foolhardy decisions like that and tell about it. So there's some information that I think could be valuable to you. And there's something relatively easy I think I want to return. See this hunk here? And she points over to the big uh, collapse machine in the corner. Hi. Now, I don't suppose either of you are uh, electrical engineers or biochemists, are you? Or are you just muscle? Uh, I play jazz music. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sure that's uh, going great for you. Ooh. Well, I'm just saying, you know, how did a jazz musician end up on the wrong side of Rex Lemaire? You play his kid's birthday party or something? Didn't like it? <laughs> Look, okay, I'll get to the point. Wolves of the dock side, mm-hmm. you know them. Mm-hmm. You work with them? On occasion. They are in a tizzy, as it were. Seems their access to important ingredients, reagents, and equipment necessary to synthesize a drug known as sunshine have become limited. You don't say. They've become quite angry as a result and uh, vengeful and hoping to continue to generate their funds via means such as this. So in the absence of any concrete plan, they've resorted to some brain dead burglary and looting, namely some of my equipment. If you would like me to assist you, I would be more than willing on the condition that you infiltrate the Wolf headquarters, retrieve my equipment, and return it to me in perfect condition. I guess theoretically, take like taking the equipment doesn't get the sunshine back. Like, does that actively work against that? They're going to try to do their best to uh, figure out how to manufacture the drug, which uh, I'm sure will go swimmingly for them. Werewolves are, of course, known for their shining intelligence. I need the equipment back. I don't really care if they're successful or not. I care about my things. Right. Well, I want Rex off our backs. I want Sunshine back in production. I need all the help I can get. I guess you've got some hard choices to make. I suppose you could head over to the werewolves, double cross me, and cut yourself a nice fat slice of Sunshine pie, but that wouldn't be very sporting, would it? You must want this information more, or you would have gone to them already. What are you really after? Am I after? No. <laughs> I told her what I want. Gregory? It seems like a lot of effort for a name. Depends on how bad you want it. If there's one thing I know, it's that everything has a price. Yes, we'll take care of your little dog problem. Uh, but I'd like one piece of information here off the top, you know, as a, as a down payment, if you will. You worked on the Ark. What exactly does it do? What is its function? The Ark, or Archaeological Radiance Quantifier, was created to detect and quantify the measures of magical energy in a given area. For what purpose? I just built it. Don't look at me. That's a Rex question. Mm. And I pray you live long enough to get the chance to ask him. Mm. Uh, I'll have a little look over at Delilah. Do you two need uh, a minute to sort of talk about whether to uh, stab me now or later? Because I can go to the other room. Uh, I, I like the idea of uh, if it if if it 
tracks you bringing the naturalist society and kicking down the door of this like wolf haven. <laughs> They're like baby mortal women. <laughs> They're gonna get torn to shreds. I mean, good idea to think that you might need some backup or resources. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess Jillian is conflicted <laughs> because I, I don't know that this like solves my problem. I think it just puts me deeper into shit. Yeah. Urban shadows. <laughs> yeah. Urban shit. That's what I said. It's all this, for, all this for a name. We can also just say we'll do it. I don't think I want to do it. Yeah. But I, I, I need friends. <laughs> I like allies, I guess is a better word. Um, I think it's interesting to the story to say yes, but not for the reason that she's like presented in terms of like giving this name because we just want to give the arc back and like get something out of that. Yeah, um, she asked you what you wanted and you said the name. If there's like other things you want, you should talk to her about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe we just like renegotiate a little bit. You've had your five minutes. My game shows are on soon. Can I help you? All right, so I'll tell you this. We know where the machine is and we know that Rex is after it and willing to kill for it, which I'm sure comes as no surprise to you. It was a lot of work. I was pretty proud of it. So we don't want Rex to be a problem for us. We, we would like to somehow maybe give the machine back in exchange for, you know, not getting murdered. How do I figure it? Would you, would you know the best way to make a bargain with Rex in, in that way? You want advice on dealing with Rex? Yes. There's graveyards full of people who can help you. Here's what I'll tell you. Even if you give Rex his shiny toys back, it's not necessarily case closed that he's going to get off your back. He doesn't like loose ends, and right now you two are uh, pretty loose. Ants. It's afraid of that. I think it sounds like a fair deal to me. I don't know uh, what you're thinking over there with Delilah, but I don't really see any other choice right now. Well, does running this errand with the wolves make me less of a loose end? <laughs> oh, that's complicated. The wolves have a real love-hate with Rex these days. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you know. These things run pretty deep. There's a lot you don't understand about what's going on here. And uh, much to my chagrin, once you're in it, you're in it. If Rex knows your name, uh, you're going to have problems as the day is long, is what I'm telling you. So I'd say your best bet is to figure out what you want, who you want it from, and how you're going to get it. Maybe buddy up with uh, some more jazz musicians or whoever you got in your corner and make a play. You're really funny, eh? Yeah. Look, we'll get your machines, okay? And bring them back and semi-working condition and at least brush the fur off i'm allergic a chew but, <laughs> yeah a chew <laughs> um, works for me finally someone with a head for business gregory delilah anything else i can do for you not at the moment no thank you oh thank you i look forward to our happy reunion and she presses a button on the arm of her chair and the door of her workshop swings open, letting you out. 
Uh, Kitty and Roman and Roman and Kitty, sisters forever. <laughs> That's the true thing about siblings, I guess. <laughs> They're forever, yeah. What's going on? What's up? I mean, I got a little errand to run. Don't think Kitty wants to come with me. Don't know if I want Kitty to come with me. Where are you going? Uh, I gotta talk to... Well, I guess you were there. I gotta talk to Ileana. So what do I know about you and Ileana at this point? Mm. Not much. Next to nothing, surely. Yeah. You know she's powerful, and Liz knows her too also, I guess. You probably saw her do some like fancy magic at the club. Okay. Uh, you know, like you're free to stay here, like... I have a spare room now, I guess. How am I doing it? Can I, like, walk around? Am I up and at him? You can limp around. Mm, so then I probably wouldn't want to go with you, because I literally can't. Well, uh, yeah, you... Are you going to just hang out here? If I come back, are you... I mean, you're allowed to be here, but... I guess I'll hang out here. Okay. I'll uh, be back in a shake, and if not, I'm dead. Ah! <laughs> where, are you, where are you meeting Ileana? Her headquarters is, like... Kind of rubble. So, those are like more her nighttime headquarters, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. During the day, she is in this meadow and fair park that I know of in the like south side. Um, so, I can only assume she'd be there. Like, it's daytime anyway. Okay. You hustle over to Fairmont Park. She is indeed in her glade, not too far from where she attempted her ritual event last week. You see her at a distance before you're intercepted by Elliot Darcy, her bewitched mortal, who says, um, Morning. Elliot? How can I be of service? You know, usually I drop this off with you, but I think this time we'll give it to Ileana herself. No. Uh, is this coming from her? She doesn't want to see you right now. I want to know if she's going to want to see me at all, or if I'm wasting my time and my sunshine. Hmm. I'll go check. And he kind of like spins on one heel and like lazily kind of staggers back over. He's in, he's, he's got like brain addling magic on the daily. He's baby. He is truly baby. And he, <laughs> he makes his way back over to the, uh, the like weird ornate, like wrought iron picnic table that Ileana's uh, kicking it at. And they talk back and forth. Eventually he turns back to you and like beams like a like a dog and waves you over. Okay. You approach and you see Ileana and a handful of her closest cohorts. She does not look great. The um, lacy like sleeves of the blouse she's wearing are tattered and stained. The sleeves are a little ripped. Her hair is rumpled. There are big bags under her eyes. She doesn't look like herself at all. Roman. Queen. You have it. Before I show this to her, I'm going to lay my cards out on the table. Ileana, I have one vial for you. But I need to know now if I'm wasting my time here. Um, And it's essentially me saying, like, is this a parting gift or is this, like, what is this? She peers up at you and she says, what do you want it to be? You've been, um, not particularly helpful lately. And I'm curious as to who you were talking to last night at Hardware. Who was I talking? My my sister? Yeah, and Knox a little bit. Oh, yeah. I saw you talking with them. I saw those two freaks go after them. 
and I saw them in the middle of the shit that blew up my bar. <sighs> Ileana, I think you know I'm not really associated with that person since I tried to bring him to you as a sacrifice and obviously didn't even know he wasn't immortal. If I'm being honest here, I don't think anyone else in my position would be able to be doing a much better job considering there is no sunshine in this city. So, me out of character telling you, I have two vials. Uh-huh. One's lace and one's not. Correct. I'm deciding which one I'm giving to her. I love that. In, you yeah, told yeah. her she, you have some. She said, where'd you get it then? Believe it or not, I am still shaking down kids for you um, and knocking down every door I see. And you need to decide if I'm going to keep running around like a dog for you or if this is uh, my final gift. Don't you like spending time with me? Don't we have fun together? There's so much I haven't told you yet, Roman. So much magic I haven't let you see. So much power waiting to be unlocked inside of you. You could go far. I can tell. You have potential. But you also have a nasty attitude. I think you need to make a decision. And what's that? Play nice or take your toys and go. I think Roman is like starting to get to the, okay, this is bullshit, I'm out place, but she's not there yet. She's not there yet. She's kind of, I can feel Ileana like dangling this fucking carrot in front of me and I can feel like I'm getting played, but I'm still like, yes, I want my potential. I'll give her the unlaced sunshine for now. She, like a certain Smeagol, uh, like snatches a hand onto the picnic table, grabs it up into her parasol, and she like lifts up the cap and she smells it. She inhales so deep. I see you've chosen to play nice. Okay, Roman. Let's play. Sit down. Ooh, okay. I sit. Says, put out your hands. Okay. She reaches her hand out and uh, with the tips of her fingers and her nails kind of gently drags them up your wrist and onto the palm of your hand, giving you those tingles. <laughs> you know the ones. Yeah, some are tingles, yeah. Yeah. And um, she says, close your eyes. And she kind of repeats this like stroking motion. And she says, this park is the closest place in all of Lakeshore to the realm of Arcadia, the home of the Fae, and the home of demons. Lately, something has drawn those worlds together. I know it, I can feel it. And I think if you focus, if you listen to my words, you can feel it too. She says, think about the power that you feel when you summon a torrent of water when you manipulate the world around you with only your voice, when you make a promise that you know will last. Open your eyes. Around you in the park, you see almost like a golden tinge has kind of suffused the area. There are like sort of shimmering orbs and rings that are sort of like evaporating off the ground like bubbles and then dissipating in the air. It's beautiful. It's um, transformative. It's it's totally uh, entrancing. And you can still feel her hands playing along your wrist and along your palms. And she says, 
If you channel your power, this park can become a site of great effect for you. You can see this all the time, and you can use it. Um, but she's not teaching me that yet. Mm, not quite. Okay. Um, I sense she's like kind of done her like little game now. Yeah, the gold is starting to like fade from <laughs> your vision. Ileana, my queen. When I bring sunshine back into the city, I want to learn how to do that. So shall it be? Kitty, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so Kitty, stuck in Roman's apartment, is going to tidy. I'm going to be tidying up Roman's room just like as like a thing to with my hands, and I would like to cast psychometry on the pictures. Okay. Have you done that move yet? No, I haven't. Let's talk about it. Whenever you study or examine an interesting object, roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, ask three. On a 7 to 9, ask one. So okay. That is nine. Okay. So I get one. Holding one of the pictures, I'd like to ask um, what secrets or mysteries has this object been privy to? Do you pick a picture that has anyone in it you recognize? Do you pick a picture? Like, I think I'm, I'm picking one of the pictures that's like in the series of the forest pictures. So then uh, I think you see again like you did at the art gallery you see yourself kind of like standing in the forest meadow where um the picture was taken but this time um you can see in the air in front of you is uh like a floating rectangular window and when you step up and look through it you see the inside of a dark room somewhere with a uh, red light from a bulb screwed into the ceiling, you are standing inside like the literal photograph and looking out into what the photograph itself saw. And you see Roman developing other photographs and you see her hang them up on the little uh, clothesline right next to you. And uh, you see her bring Jim Stevens into the dark room and hear them discussing this photograph of a man standing in front of a shed, a shed that you've seen, a shed that you saw Knox go into, a man holding a machine that you also saw Knox carrying. And you see the two discuss in hushed tones what could be going on. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, it fades and you find yourself looking at this photograph and you were like, that was weird. Yeah. Are you going to go down and get it? Are any of Roman's roommates home? I don't live here. (laughs) (laughs) You don't hear anyone enter the door, and a few seconds later, there's another knock. I think in our home, uh, like, if you've been here before, you'll probably just let yourself in. So, like, when people hear a knock, they ignore it. All right, so after nobody answers the knock the second time, how rude. Um, I'm going to go and peer through the eye hole. You, you kind of uh, painfully, slowly let yourself down the stairs. You peek through and you do see uh, Betty Deer standing on the porch of the house, but she's not alone. A young woman that I guess you probably don't recognize because you haven't met her yet is also with her, about her age. All right, I crack the door open. Betty slash Liz, we have to just do something. Liz, whatever, uh, says, um, hey, hey, Kitty, how are you? How are you feeling? I've I've been better. What what's going on? Uh, hi, I'm Kitty, by the way. I Hi, I'm Joan. Um Liz's stepmom? Yes. 
She said you got shot? That's also true. I'm very sorry about that. Thank you. I'm doing much better now. Do you live here? No. Liz said that there was a, um, a spare room here. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Roman, Roman said that there was a spare room. Yeah, do you, do you know where it is? I do. Great. Um, Why? Just, uh, uh, we were just gonna, um, go there for a minute. And All right. do normal stuff. <laughs> is that what she says? <laughs> She's like, she, ben, I've canonically Liz is a terrible liar. How did she I get guess. this far? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not very far. I guess. Um, I can't um, tell if she's doing drugs or having sex. She's probably doing drugs and having sex. Oh, yeah. So um, that's, so that's good. It's, I think Roman probably knows. I'm sure it's cool. I think it's fine. Sure. I show her to Alan's room and I definitely stand by the door and watch them do whatever they're going to do. Well, you open the door to let them in and uh, Joan says, okay, come on, girls. And uh, four other women step up the street. (laughs) One of them, uh, quite oldly, oldly walks with an aged fashion. The the Naturalist Society enters uh, Roman's house and uh, you lead them up to Alan's room. Wait, I lead them up after like five more people come? Yeah. I'm sorry, who are, hi, who are you all? They're all holding big, like, uh, folders full of documents and stuff, and they said, oh, uh, this is where Joan said the storage room was. The storage room? Yeah, there was a spare room. Um, I think it's a bedroom. Oh. Does it have storage? Can things be stored in there? I suppose. Did Roman, is Roman okay with this and her roommates? Joan is like, um, yes, because of when we had talked earlier before now, we had agreed that it was the right right. thing. Um, okay, sure. I still, I mean, they all look like, besides Joan and Liz, like very upright, respectable ladies. Yeah. And, um, Nancy comes up to you and she says, um, I believe that you were responsible for the View the Fair Side Gala at the Insomnia Cafe. (laughs) Um, yes, hi. Those, uh, those arrangements and those exhibits were inc- impeccably curated. Thank you. I worked very hard on that. I think I'm leading them up now. That, that gets me <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and I'm so glad you read my mind. I was going to tell them to put the stuff in Roman's house. It's there. It's done. And yeah, they're, they, they are, they can move independently of you a little bit. I think this also might count, like Liz talking her way in might count as, um, uh, repaying the debt and moving the materials like a safe space for you. Arguably, I mean, you didn't call it. Betty. I mean, not in front of the Joan and the people. Yes? What is all this? Uh, I don't really know. As far as I understand, I think Joan said something about uh, renovating or redoing the Naturalist Society. So they just wanted somewhere close by to like store a bunch of papers. I guess I just, I'm seeing papers, so I'm not like. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'm not, like, that suspicious. It's weird, especially because Roman had offered me that room. Yeah, (laughs) that is weird. I am supposed to be staying here. Oh, we'll we'll just pack this stuff right up, and then we'll be right out of your hair. Don't even worry about it. Yes, I'll make sure that it doesn't intrude. Okay. Dorothy's like, yeah. (laughs) Oldly. Oldly, she says, yeah. This doesn't bother me that much. It's mostly just weird. Do I have anything else to say to Betty while she's here, though? 
She says, um, has uh, dad been around yet? Father? Um, not since yesterday. He hasn't. He said he'd come by today. Kitty, I don't know if he will. But he took that pretty hard. Kind of ice cold to him. He's in a rough state. It's not personal. He shouldn't take it personally. Okay, Betty also knows about my visions. I am, yeah. Yeah, Betty knows about your visions? Yeah, so. She's like, I know Roman, like, uh, kind of talks about learning stuff from Ileana, but uh, between you and me, I think that lady's kind of uh, out there. I'm not here for anything to do with the fey magic stuff that Roman's into. From the corner of the room, you hear someone say, Wrong. Uh, it's Dorothy. She's found a chair already, thank God. And she's slumped over and she's pulled some knitting out of like a little bag that she has with her. And uh, she kind of stares up at you cockeyed as you argue with Betty. Um, I just ignore that. And then I say, but I've been having visions about Roman and about that white-haired man at the bar yesterday. You seen him too? Yes, he's, yeah, yeah. And I think I have to get to the bottom of it. Careful. I'm being careful. Uh, <laughs> Liz is like, what? Are you, why are you talking to this woman? <laughs> why is she talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dorothy takes your brush off and she goes back to her and she's like, fine. Who are you? What are you, what do you? Scarf. Oh. For my boy. I'm I'm a toad. I'm down here in the toad register. An Irish, slightly Irish toad. Oh, slightly Irish toad, yeah. Um, Is Dorothy like just a human lie detector? Is that. I don't think any of you have ever stopped to ask questions about Dorothy, so who knows? Um, Sorry, what is uh, Betty's reaction to that little. The other naturalists have like largely cleared out. Um, Joan is probably still there because she's hanging out with Liz and she's like, Dorothy, come on, stop freaking her out. And Dorothy's like, she has a sight. I don't know what that has to do with anything. How do you, who are you? Dorothy. Oh, uh, Dorothy. I guess I will uh, roll to figure someone out. Okay. Because she's being weird. Yeah. Roll with mind. That's a five. Uh, so you don't know anything about anyone. You, no, you're sort of like a gog and you're like, who is this woman? Like, why are you talking to me? And why are you a old Irish toad? <laughs> Joan says, that's just Dorothy. She's just, um, part of the naturalist society. Do you, um, do you know about us? I know that there's, um, it's like a club for birding. Listen. I guess not uh, based off of this, but. Look, Kitty, um, if you want to help out around here and if you want to know more about what's going on, we are an organization of women and we like to think that we um, we're kind of like a neighborhood watch. Like we keep tabs on the neighborhood and we make sure that everyone's safe. And if there's stuff that needs doing, um, we do it. And I don't know if maybe you'd want to like come to one of our meetings or, or meet Susan. Who's Susan? Sure. <laughs> Who's Susan? I love her. <laughs> I like to help. I like. I'd like more answers for sure. She's she's our leader. She's um she's amazing. She's super smart and like totally badass. And 
we wouldn't be half the group we are if it wasn't for her. Okay, sure. How can when how can I do that? We're having a meeting tomorrow night in the park. You've probably seen our building before. Yeah. It might be nice to have some fresh blood, and I think you could really help out. All right, thank you. Thank you, Joan. Oh. She says, Liz, we've bugged your mom enough. And was like, not my mom, stepmom. And Joan's like, let's let's go get a snack or something. <laughs> and they head out, and Dorothy uh, eventually leaves. I think she knits for four more minutes. <laughs> she has she, to finish the row. She has, to finish, <laughs> she has to finish the row, and then she pieces. It is coming up on the first weekend of April. The weather is getting a little warmer, a little wetter, and uh, it's a drizzly night as you all make your way to the Naturalist Society. Ileana has not really been around for the past couple days. It seems like she got her sunshine and kind of buggered off with it, having gotten what she wanted. And uh, luckily in the past couple days, there's been no other sign from Rex Lemaire. So it seems like stomping that lady's bones out bought yourself a little bit of time, breathing room. And so it's with maybe a glimmer of hope that Susan Starling convenes another meeting of the Fairmont Park Naturalist Society. Thank you all for coming to this meeting. It's always good to see everyone in the same room together. It seems we have some new faces joining us today. Have we all met? Uh, Semi-acquainted. With some, I think. Is that, what was the one that at the shed? Grace. Is Grace here? Grace yeah. is like, you brought him. You uh, brought him to the meeting. The, our meeting that Knox. we Grace hates you. Knox is yes. the name. Uh, how you doing, Grace? Oh, peachy. Wonderful. <laughs> we all understand that there is some risk involved in being a part of the Naturalist Society. Joan nods and rubs her still bruised eye. Um... Juliet and Nancy are, like, poring over a newspaper that has details about, like, club fire ravages Fairside. So due to the rise in demon activity, things have been definitely tense around here, and there seems to be bigger forces at work that uh, are making things complicated. Namely, one Rex Lemaire, who is responsible for the incident at the hardware the other day. Everything is very tangled and very complicated. I have been tasked with uh, a mission. Knox and I have have agreed to help someone out uh, in the docks area, uh, dealing with werewolves. (gasps) Yes. You know, I really try and stay out of all the politics of that. It's not really my area of interest. Mostly I just want to, you know, keep the demons from terrorizing the city, but seems we need um, more allies. So I've called you all here because I need some backup. Joan nods badass. She's like got her gun by her hip. Nancy's like, yes, finally, my chance. (laughs) The other women I think are like varying levels of like backup, like physically backing you up, like in a conflict. I think Roman's like a little wary of same thing like these old ladies like are uh have they all done this before we've all done some some basic training obviously there's no obligation these are werewolves i don't want anyone getting torn to shreds that's really not uh the goal here but grace stands up and she's like my fellow naturalists i know that um what susan is proposing might seem a little bit daunting or intimidating but 
remember that we have a broad and diverse array of skills that I'm sure will be useful to this cause. We can, we can gather information, we can help make plans, we can collect data, we can uh, have a Oh, could we do a bake sale, Susan? Would that help? Is that would that be good? <laughs> would you like that? <laughs> as much as I'm dying for a snickerdoodle, maybe not this time. Just the first but, stuff, then. Yes. Yes. And, and absolutely, I agree. I'm not asking everyone to, you know, pick up a weapon and and fight. Uh, that's I know not. Not what, uh, not what everyone's skill is. So. Um, but you're right. Um, we probably do need to collect some information about um, the habits of, of the wolves and um, to try and figure out the best time or maybe um, a way in or, or contact or something. So I, I think there's lots to do. But for those of us who are new here, part of the reason I've asked you here is that I think that you may have the skills uh, to help in, in your own special ways. The naturalist society does not know a lot about sunshine. Some of them know, like, Cal and, like, the werewolves around here and can talk to them. Some of them have, like, husbands or sons who work in the docks. Um, some of them just, like, happen to the area. Joan knows, like, people who buy and sell sunshine. Like, they can be very valuable if you employ them correctly. I do want to ask the naturalist society ladies if they... Find anything on a werewolf named Alan, and if he is indeed at the docks. Are you playing that as like, but don't let on? Are you playing that as like, that's someone you might want to talk to? That's someone you might want to talk to. Okay, cool. Yes, we're making a plan. Great. And they like shuffle out of the room. Yeah. Um, so as soon as they go off to find some intel, I guess right now just like generic intel. Okay, uh, Susan, I need you to lay out for me how this is going to help me, and how this is going to help production. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that the wolves have something that my contact wants, and the wolves uh, are generally the ones who do the production. We are talking about drugs. I, th I, I caught on. Oh, she's cool. She takes them now. You know what? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, hey, welcome to the club. No, I don't. <laughs> it's all right. We've all done it. Anyway, yes, yeah, so the, the wolves generally make sunshine, and their boss, Rex Lemaire, the one responsible for the shooting at the club. Sorry about that. Yeah, everything everything's a bit of a mess. So if we can bargain with the wolves and perhaps trade them the machine that uh, Knox and I know about, then, then perhaps they can use that to win Rex over. What is the, the machine? Uh, this is a machine that measures magical energies like what Roman uh, can do, but also demonic activity, which unfortunately is what I believe that Rex and his associates were measuring. So I think there's something definitely more foul going on with demons and their increased presence in the park and the city at large. They've been, they've been measuring the activity like my society here has been doing for quite some time. Why would a drug kingpin want to measure demonic activity? That's an excellent question that I can't answer and I am dying to find out. Okay, what are we going to the docks for? I mean, I assume you're not trying to waltz in and kill Rex Lemaire or hold him hostage, so what are we trying to get? 
like I said, um, the wolves have equipment that belongs to my contact, and I'm hoping that they're open to a trade of the machine for the equipment that they have and that they can use the machine as leverage to work with Rex to get production back um, on track. This feels like something that's equally likely to make Rex angrier just at us. Is that right? I don't know, but there's a huge target on both Knox and I and perhaps the society at large. I don't think anybody should say that they know me as Susan anyway. Because I don't want... I think this whole thing is just going to come back to us in a horrible way if we don't deal with it soon. Fine. I'm in. But only because I have some questions, too. Nox, are you interested in telling anyone about um, the man? What man? The dead man. That you bury? Oh, no. Okay. I have, might have interest in asking about the dead man. Yeah. Because the thing that's driving me is, like, having weird visions. You're having visions, and Roman's the first time Roman saw the machine is in a picture of the man. You I don't that. think it would really make sense for a Roman to mention. I it's think just a guy she took a photo of. Do I re- did I recognize the man in her picture as the man from my vision? If you've seen the picture, and oh, because you had the dream vision, and then you like went yes, yeah, yes, yeah. you made that connection. That was like within like six hours of each other. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say, um, this machine that we're talking about is the one you have, right? To, I say, to Knox. Because I think Knox has it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I had a vision of a man, the man in your photo, in Roman's photo, one-armed man. One-handed. One-handed man, sorry. He has has the arm. (laughs) A one-handed man holding that machine. Do we know who that man is? Can we track down that man? Uh, I mean, like, obviously, I I have a thought of that, but I'm trying to think. I don't think that, because that's like this whole patron thing, which is something that I don't think I really want to reveal yet. Yeah. What what's so special about this this man? Why would we have to? Uh, he was in my vision, so he must be related to all of this, because all my visions the past few weeks have all been related to whatever is happening here. That's why I'm here. Huh. So. Maybe if we can find someone who recognizes that man, he might be a cog in this. Midget the Hummingbird sees all kinds of crazy, weird locals come through, so I can uh, poke around there and see if she's seen anybody. All right. Uh, You got any other description? I mean, I know one hand is pretty apt. You have a photograph. Oh, yeah, I do. The photograph shows him very clearly having two hands. For what it's worth. Yeah. Interesting. But you tell you tell us it's the same guy. Yeah, your vision. He had one hand. Do you explain yeah. your vision? Um, I guess I really did not. There was a guy in one hand. Was, oh, because oh. can I be like, oh well, Philip would probably know. Yeah, I did not explain that. Oh, you didn't explain it. Yeah, I just okay. said that I had a vision of the man. Kitty, was it? Yes. Hi. Now visions. That's an interesting gift. The women in our family have been able to do that for generations. Roman, you were taught, too. Not very good at it, but I guess technically. Interesting. Is that is that something you can do on purpose, or do they just come to you? I can do it on purpose. If, if, if you have something specific you want to ask me, I have a hold. She's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's always been very talented. Interesting. And, and these visions, do they... Do they, like, predict the future? 
They predict a possible future. And I guess I'm going to try and instigate a vision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in front of everyone, you dog. I feel like it's not, like, it, it. it's generally something I do in private, but you ask me point blank, and I'm trying to help you. I don't have, like, all my fixes No, that's fair. Here. Yeah, yeah. You still have your locket. Yeah. And you uncork it, and you uh, waft those scents into your nostrils using the wafting method, as we learned in grade 11 chemistry. You uh, recline back in one of the stiff wooden chairs in the Naturalist Society, and um, you stare at the wall as your vision starts to blur as it resolves you see yourself in a another uh, large warehouse type building there is a desk in a corner like a little office has been set up kind of on the warehouse floor in one little uh, inauspicious corner and sitting at the desk is a man he looks to be in his early 40s he's kind of plump he is Korean. He has little round glasses and uh, dark hair, like slicked right off to the side, a very sharp part. He's wearing a button down shirt, suspenders and nice trousers. He has a big wooden crate on the desk and you watch as he takes a crowbar and undoes the top of the crate and rips the lid off. Whatever he sees inside the crate, you don't get a good view of, but he seems really surprised and really happy to see this crate full of something. And then suddenly you hear noise and commotion from the other corner of the room. Three bulky dock workers that you have to assume to be the wolves in question race forward. One of them has been shot in the arm and is bleeding and they form a defensive line and raise their guns. Some of them have like pipes and clubs and they start advancing towards a hallway leading off this warehouse. You run over to see them marching down on Susan Starling holding uh, both her guns, standing in the corridor against them, and uh, a mass of people behind her. I relay that information. I wonder what's in the box. What's, no. (laughs) What's in the box? (laughs) Um, Can you describe the box to us? Well, well, it was just like a wooden Big wooden shipping crate. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wooden crate. It They're had a stamp docks. on the side with like uh Do I know what the stamp says? Is that important? I'll tell you. So that if you if the question is like how will we identify this box? Sure. Um the stamp says um Goodman's Distillery. So maybe he had a shipment of whiskey coming in. Or the distillery's here, so going out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, uh like, from, from the description, that doesn't tell me if things are going, like, well or not. It's just, like, we are there, and there's also this box, which Sorry, is I somehow should, important. Yeah, I should clarify, I guess, because that is a good point, that um, there was, like, it was you looking pretty triumphant and badass, but it was also you being, like, advanced upon by, like, a host of werewolves. Um, and it looked like there were people behind you, but also there was, like, fighting happening behind you as well. So it was kind of, like, you a little bit, like, isolated and about to be sort of uh, pounced upon by these big bad wolves. So we know not to let you go in alone. (laughs) Sounds like game plan. Separate for a day, maybe two days. Figure out who this man is. Come meet at the docks. Same time tomorrow? See you all then. So I think 
the meeting is adjourned. The ladies of the Naturalist Society have their mission set out for them. The four of you have reached some kind of agreement, still not sharing all your information or abilities or species with each other, but um, that's secrets make the best friends, as they say. They don't say that. Um, Susan, you start packing up your gear and uh, tidying up the Naturalist Society. Kitty helps you a little bit, just out of the pure instinct of um, tidying up rooms, <laughs> floods her DNA. Uh, Roman, you kind of shuffle off, uh, a little bit uncomfortable to be here, um, but excited that at least things are happening. Knox, you kind of unfold your gangly form from one of the chairs and probably exit without a word. Um, and as each of you is heading back to your homes, uh, the sun has gone down, um, it's another cool night, although warmer still in spring. Knox, you take a path through the park leading back towards your apartment that you're so familiar with, and then you freeze in your tracks. And you peer through the moonlit wood, uh, stepping forward, breaking brambles under your feet until you find a little copse of trees and you feel your heart sink as you look upon the grave of the man that has been dug up completely, emptied out, with his body nowhere to be found. Thanks for listening to episode six of Many Realms Lakeshore. If you're enjoying this campaign, why not take a moment to call your local government representative and let them know how you feel about Many Realms. We'll be back on April 28th. Bye!